Blog Talk Radio. for the next hour or so. And if you're listening to us via the simulcast during the hours of 9 o'clock p.m. and 11 o'clock p.m. on Monday evenings, we're so glad to have you. But if you're listening to us on any other social media platforms or during any other times of the week, please contact us here at LiveDeliverance.com and give us the times, the dates, the locations of platforms that you're listening to us on. Although we would love to proliferate the airways, we must do it legally, ethically, and in righteousness. If you hear our content through any other means, it is the result of Internet piracy and copyright infringement. All those who participate in any Internet piracy can be prosecuted by federal agents. And having said all that, now we can get down to the business of the kingdom. So go ahead and get a pen and some paper. And if you have any questions or any comments about the ministry tonight, when we get to the end of the broadcast, we'll give you an opportunity to ask those questions or to make those comments. Now, if you would just join your hearts with me in a word of prayer as we sanctify our time together. Father, I ask you to speak to me so that I can hear. Awaken me the mind of Christ. Open my eyes that I might behold wondrous things out of your word. Breathe on me so that I can speak. Let the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be acceptable in thy sight. Flow through me and cause me to move by your spirit. Let healing and deliverance break forth in this place, in this time, because of your word, your spirit, and your love. Live big in me. I now decrease so that you can increase. Holy Spirit, glorify Jesus in my life as I now share the living word, the bread of life. Jesus, reveal to us the Father and draw us into his presence where there is fullness of joy. Heavenly Father, quiet our hearts and minds as we allow the peace of God to rule in our lives. Cause us to grow in the grace that has appeared unto all men as you teach us how we should live in this present world. 
May we now awake to righteousness and slumber no more by walking in the spirit and in the fullness of his grace as we sojourn in the land of promise, going from faith to faith and from glory to glory. For you have made us more than conquerors in this life through Christ Jesus. So speak to our spirit and birth victory in our hearts and in our minds. In Jesus' name, I pray. Well, beloved, we're going to go to uh, part two of the company that you keep. And we're not just talking about physical uh, companions. We're talking about uh, thoughts of the heart and the mind. Our victory or our defeat is made sure by the company that we keep. It's what causes us to to, to move forward or to draw back, to to retreat. If we surround our our life with uh, people that live in the past, those who allow disappointments, hurts, fears, or injuries that have happened either to them or to someone that they know, something or someone that they have not forgiven, this causes us to go into bondage. Because unforgiveness blinds us, and we all know that blind people lead blind people into a ditch. It's a non-productive waste of time and energy. (laughs) Remember that misery loves company. The devil will send you thoughts, and he will send people to you that would steal your time, kill your joy, and destroy your understanding of truth, peace, and righteousness. Be not deceived. Evil communication corrupts good manners. Awake to righteousness and sin not. For we, some have not the knowledge of God, and I speak this to your shame. So we are going to have to really guard our hearts, guard the things that come into our mind, so that we can enjoy the invitation that God has given us, life more abundantly. He said, don't be deceived. Evil communications are, are, are going to corrupt good manners and that we have to awake to righteousness. <laughs> so that's a, a, a good statement. <clears throat> he told us if, if we sin, if we are asleep, <clears throat> we're probably going to sin. How about that? He said, don't be deceived. Awake to righteousness because evil communications corrupt good manners. So then if we want to win, we're going to have to walk as children of light. We're going to have to walk uh, according to the victory that God has already given to us. All right? In 2 Corinthians chapter uh, 6, verses 14 through chapter 7, verse 1, you can write the uh, the scriptures down. Let me give them all to you now. So that would be Second um, <clears throat> Corinthians chapter six, verse fourteen through chapter seven, verse one, and then we're going to look at uh, John chapter five, verses one through four. We're going to look at Matthew chapter sixteen, verses seventeen through nineteen. And Hebrews chapter 11, <clears throat> verses 4 through 6. And, and, and as we do that, we're going to also look at uh, Deuteronomy chapter 30, 
verse 19 and 20. And Proverbs chapter 3, uh, verses 1 through 18. That's going to be where the bulk of the ministry is going to come from. It's going to be Proverbs chapter 3. But I want you to frame your thinking uh, in, in, in a way where when we get to Proverbs chapter 3, it's a very familiar passage of Scripture. Um, you know, everybody knows it and, and has recited it in, over and over again. I just want to bring that Scripture into focus with the light as the lens that Second Corinthians uh, chapter 6 is going to bring us. So go ahead. We're going to deal with Second Corinthians chapter uh, 6, verse 14 through chapter 7, verse 1. He tells us to be not unequally yoked together with unbelievers. For what fellowship hath righteousness with unrighteousness, and what communion hath light with darkness? See, so you remember we just said that uh, that unforgiveness darkens your heart or causes you to be in a place where you cannot guide yourself effectively, all right? Because the darkened heart does not allow truth to resonate in the heart. You're going to look at things from a slanted position, if you would, all right? And then because you're looking at things from a slanted position, you really don't even, uh, you don't think about the holes, pitfalls that you fall into. You would almost blame everybody else. You'll go back to the person that, that, that caused you to be upset and say it's their fault. Beloved, let me just help you out. The things that happen to you happen because of your heart's position, period, point blank, cannot get out of it. Other people did not make you sin. They might have helped you to sin, they might have made sin look good, but you made the decision to walk past that line that you already knew you shouldn't walk past. That's a reality. Yeah. I mean, because when, when, when you decide that you want to get in a fight, <clears throat> no one else helps you get in that fight. They were just standing there for you to fight. Okay? We need to stop blaming other people for the decisions that we made, even if the decisions were completely heinous to you, you still made the decision. That's why he says, don't be unequally yoked together with unbelievers because there's no fellowship there. Righteousness does not hang out with righteousness. Okay? Light does not hang out with darkness. And it's interesting because you are a child of light, but if you choose to walk in darkness, then the blindness of that, the gross darkness, Jesus said, is going to, to cover your, your heart, see? So that you won't even see how to get out of the mess. You didn't even know you was in the mess. You just know you was in a place where you didn't like. So then sometimes we uh, try to uh, uh, dress up the, the situation that we don't like, okay? And, and we will use uh, financial means to dress up the situations that's no good for us. Because we'll, then we'll say, I'm doing better than them, okay? God never called you to compare yourselves with others. It says they that compare themselves among themselves or by themselves, that's not wise. But we'll do that, keeping up with the Joneses. And so since we're keeping up with the Joneses, then whatever the Joneses did, wait a minute, I'll say this right, whatever we think the Joneses did to get them to their place of, of, of better than me, 
I didn't say victory. I said better than me. See, because I don't know um, how many scriptures they might have overpassed trying to get what they got, throwing away sound information. The Bible says that wisdom dwells with prudence, and it finds out the knowledge of witty inventions. So wisdom dwells with prudence. Wisdom does not hang out with foolishness. Okay? So if you're doing something that's foolishness, that has no uh, profit that God has measured in a good way for you, then you're going to get what you get. But don't be deceived. You know, whatever you sow, that's what you reap. Don't be unequally yoked together with unbelievers. For what fellowship has righteousness with unrighteousness? <laughs> what communion has light with darkness? You know, you can try to uh, um, paint that pig all you want to, but when you get through, it's still going to just be pork, ain't it? Amen. It's not going to it's not going to become a, a, a hamburger or a steak. It's still going to be pork. I mean, just so that we get it. You don't change the thing by ignoring truth. The way God wants us to to enter into life is through truth. Okay. Little white lies, no, we don't do those. It's truth. Because Jesus said, if you continue in my word, then you are disciplined, my disciples, indeed. And because you are my disciples in what you do, then you will handle the truth correctly. You will know the truth, it says. Be intimate with the truth. And the truth that you are intimate with will make you free. I know sometimes... It has been stated, it might even look like, doing it God's way, it takes longer than doing it the way that the world does it. Well, I'll tell you the other side of that, even if that was true, it isn't, but even if that was true, the other side of it is it lasts longer than a temporary blessing. Because the Bible teaches us that there is pleasures in sin for a season. Amen. See, but sometimes we just want to get out of the mess that we have found out that we don't like where we are, so we're going to do whatever it is, even if it's deception. We're going to go ahead and do that and say, well, that'll help me move. Well, it cannot last, beloved. See? Because the word of God is not going to return to him void. If he said, if you sow to the flesh, you shall of the flesh reap corruption, please believe you're going to reap it of the flesh. If you were hearing that kind of a that connotation, it didn't say you would receive it at one time. He said you would receive it of the flesh. A little bit here, a little bit there. And all while you are receiving uh, uh, the promise of doom that comes to those that are in disobedience, while you are receiving it, you can then try to use that, uh, 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 that burst of, of false joy and say, okay, good, this is better than it was before. No, if it's better than it was before, that's not what he called you to. He called you to greater. I say that all the time. Jesus said greater works than this will you do. He didn't call you to better. So then they that compare themselves among themselves, all you're trying to get to is better. So let's go and find greater. Greater lasts all the time. Amen. See, greater overcomes the, the challenge of inadequacies that you might have found or, or seen in your thought process. He's wanting you to have life and that life more abundantly. 
What communion has light with darkness? There are no gray areas in the in the Word of God. Okay. Every word of God, the Bible says, has already been proved seven different ways, seven times. It's already been proved. So I don't need to go and try to create another fun passage that I can twist and, 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 and contort into something else. No, 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 no. The truth stands by itself. I used to tell my daughter about it all the time. Truth stands alone. It doesn't need support. So if I've got to support the thing that I'm doing or support the thing that I'm saying, you know, well, you know, God knows my heart. Truth does not need support. It stands by itself. And it will last, the Bible says, his truth endures. Glory to God. So do you get the difference? Sin has pleasurable seasons of joy. Okay, it has, it has, it has a good feeling for a season. But truth endures forever. Amen. The things that you do that are in truth, when you get to heaven, you'll be able to receive receive a reward from those truths that you functioned in. Amen. See, but sometimes we want to just get out of a a situation, so then we kind of use the gray stuff. He says, what communion does light have with darkness? Okay, there is none. And if that's the way that you've been thinking or the way that that, that you've gotten by because of just being able to to continue to move in in the the season of pleasure, well, it's going to come to an end. Please know that. And that's really the thing that that, that we don't like because we figure that, okay, I, I should be able to do this because of willpower. I wanted it that bad. Beloved, God has given you all things that pertain to life and godliness. He, he set up precious promises that you will be able to escape the corruption that's in the world through lust. See? He wants you to enjoy good at his hand. He wants that good that you enjoy, he wants it to be more and more, a thousand times. That's what his word says. See? Because he knows how to deliver by many or by few. He knows no limits or no restraint. He wants blessings to come upon you, and he wants them to overtake you. But sometimes, I know in my life, I was trying to make God do what I wanted him to do. So I'd twist truths and and, and, and exaggerate this or, or deny that. And God let me walk in that. The Bible says that he, he used to wink at these things, but now he commands all men everywhere to repent. He used to let us walk in our own ways, see? But then when you say, Jesus, you're my Lord, then that's a whole different uh, track that I'm supposed to be on now. I'm supposed to be now walking, this, this, here it is, I'm supposed to be walking preordained steps that were already registered in heaven, sealed by the blood of Jesus, reserved for me. I'm supposed to walk in that, preordained steps that I should walk in. Be not unequally yoked together with unbelievers, for what fellowship has righteousness with unrighteousness, what communion hath light with darkness, and what concord hath Christ with Belial? Or what part hath he that believeth with an infidel? Why, why do we try to get our information? That's just some things we can think about. Why do we try to get our information um, from a culture 
that he is speaking but not speaking truth. I mean, you, you can just look around. We have things going on that just don't make any sense. You, you, you're trying to tell me that um, I can be a binary person, that I'm not going to be a male or a female. I'm going to be a it. I'm going to be a, 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 just a, a pronoun. See, that, that's, there's no way that we're supposed to uh, get information from people that are trying to uh, coat over the sin. or the And what the primary sin is, beloved, is rejecting God. That's the primary sin. When, when you want to do it your way, then Jesus is not Lord. You want to be Lord. And God will let you have your way, beloved. I, right now, I can have all the sin I want. Yes, I can. The thing that I've learned is I just don't want the sin. Amen. I'd rather have a heart that is tender so that if I am going in the wrong direction, <clears throat> God will be able to say to me, son, this is the way. Walk ye in it. See? God's not upset because sin is present. He just wants us to to guard and govern our hearts so that the life that he gave and died for us to get can then be achieved. If you sin, he says, here's what you can do, First John 1, 9. If you confess your sin, then God is faithful and just to forgive you of the sin and to cleanse you. That probably is the thing where we kind of mess up. We don't stay long enough to get to cleansing. Amen. It's connected in that scripture. He said he will forgive you and cleanse you. Okay, we're going that, to that, take me back to where I am here in 2 Corinthians. He, he asked the questions, what agreement does the temple of God have with idols? Because you are the temple of God. You are the temple of the living God. Please, maybe you should underline that, y'all. Highlight. You're the temple of a living God. So if you're trying to serve a dead God, might not be so good for you, okay? Because a dead God would be uh, uh, coming from the way the devil does it. Jesus said the devil is a liar and the father of lies. So if it's a lie, at any time in the process, there's no produce that can come from the lie, is it? Amen. All the devil's going to do is take that lie and cause you to waste your time because it looks like it's a season of pleasure. That which you do for Christ, that lasts. Because you are, it didn't say you will be, it didn't say you will go to, it says you are the temple of the living God. As God has said, I will dwell in them. And I will walk in them, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. God made this thing personal. He said he would walk in you. So, yeah, I'm going to just help you out with this. Once you get saved and you decide that you want to uh, do something that's a sin against God and his word, I want you to know that you carry God with you to that sin. I did not say in that sin. I said to that sin. The reason God doesn't have an issue with that because everything that's in the earth, the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. So where can you take God in this world that he didn't already know that situation existed? Amen. See, he, he still lives in you. He's not supporting you at all. He's trying to warn you over and over and over again. 
And then if you would allow your heart not to be darkened, the understanding of your heart to be darkened, then you will say, okay, God, wait a minute, I'm, I'm in the place where I need to exercise First John 1, 9. I need to confess that to you, and then you will forgive me of that, and you will cleanse me. Thank you, sir. Okay? And you know that process, let me help you out with that. That's a good one, sir. That process is not five years in the making because the Bible tells us the word is quick and powerful. Quick means living. See? So it reaches the place where you are, whatever that is, whatever frustration that you have decided you're going to make your tent there, he'll still help you and tell you, let that go. Forgive if you have all against any. Why do I have to forgive, God, so that I can talk to you? Because I can't talk to you when you have, you you will not hear from me when you have a double-minded heart. It says that if any man hears the word, don't do the word, this man is double-minded in all his ways. Let not that man think he shall receive anything of the Lord. See? So when you you talk to God, it's best for you to talk to God with a, a sincere heart, a heart that is committed and convinced that the word of God is your only way. Because if you're going to bring other stuff to the table, well, let me just tell you, he will leave whatever he has for you on the table, and you be, you can leave with your stuff. God's not taking back blessings. He's not taking a promise and throwing it away. It is still just as active today as it was when he said it the very first time. Right, here's our evidence and proof of that. God looked into a dark situation. The earth was void and without form. And God said, let there be light or me be. He has never come back and said, me be again. You see what I'm saying? Once once the light came, the light didn't go away. We can hide the light, light, cloud the light out. We can do that. But the light's still there. See? Because he says, if they would ever repent, he said, and hear my word, do my word, I would heal their land. See? He's not going to, he doesn't send a new word. He sends a word that is fresh to your hearing. But the word is already forever settled in the heavens. All right? I want you to know that. It's already settled. Jesus did not say it is close. He said it is finished. It's settled. See? So, again, we might have to allow the light to shine. But it's not a, a, a new light. It's the light that we've covered up with, all of the stuff that we covered up with, hurts and pains and unforgiveness and, 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 and greed and lust. We cover it up with that. Jesus said that th- that heart causes the word to not produce effectively. Say, Mark chapter 4, the source sows the word, and the word becometh unfruitful. Okay, okay. I'm, I'm quoting a lot of scriptures and trying to give you an understanding. It says that when you have the lust and all of these things in your heart, it says then they choke out the word. It didn't say they take the word away. It says they choke it out, cover it with other stuff. And it says then the word becomes unfruitful. I'm trying to get you to see that. Because otherwise he, he would have to come back and do uh, the process all over again. He's forever seated at the right hand of God. He's not moving. He's seated there until all of his enemies become his footstool. So you get a fresh revelation of the word, but the word was still settled in heaven. Okay? 
That's why we can say amen. That means so be it in your life because it already was. Whatever we bind is bound, all right? It's already in heaven operating. We're not making things up. He said, I will, I will dwell in them and I will walk in them. Okay, let me just go back and deal with this. Wow, Lord. You know, sometimes in our lives, we place God in a little bitty corner. He said he will dwell in us. He will still stay in that little bitty corner of your thinking and your heart. And if you let him expand, oh, magnify the Lord with me. Let us exalt his name together. See? So you let God live in more of your heart, expanded positions of your heart. That's what he asked us to do for the jump street. Deuteronomy 6 says that you shall love the Lord with what? All your heart, with all your mind, with all. See, he wants to live in all. And sometimes we put him in a little corner. This is just the way we understand him, and this is the way we connect with him. So we go back to that little bitty corner. There was a guy that um, uh, he and his wife uh, wanted to go on a cruise. And so they saved up all their money to go on this cruise. And they got to the uh, to the to the ship, and they, and they had some 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 the luggage. And they took the luggage in, and um, they were they were on the cruise, and they were kind of happy they was on the cruise. And uh, maybe the second day, the captain of the ship noticed that he hadn't seen them in any of the locations around the the ship that that people just congregate at. And so he went to the uh, to their to their stateroom, and he knocked on the door, and he said, "Is everything okay?" And they said, "Yes, yes, we're we're enjoying the the cruise." He said, well, I haven't seen you. He said, well, um, we, we, we brought everything that we needed here. And the, the captain said, oh, no, no, when you got your ticket, all of the fun and excitement and all of the food that's here on the ship, you have the right to get that. You don't have to stay in your room. They brought enough little crackers and, and cheese and things like that just so they can, you know, say that they've been on the cruise. Well, a lot of people uh, live like that in the kingdom of heaven. They only let God operate in this one little bitty thing. Uh, okay, God, you gave me a goosebump, God, and I'm going to try to live on that, by that goosebump. When we've been given the ability to have everything that pertains to life and godliness. And I'm glad God put life first. Glory to God. That's why he said he didn't say he will give. He said he has given us all things, not some things. All things that relate or are connected to life and godliness. Because I will dwell in them and I will walk in them. The people that we experience in the Bible that we see uh, having great victories, David and all of the men that, 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 that he overcame, Samson and all the people that, that he uh, uh, brought under subjection, See, that's because they let God live big in them. Amen. Because look what he wants to do here. He says, you are the temple of God, the living God, because God has said, I will dwell in them, and I will walk in them, and I will be their God. Wow. That's the same testimony that the children of Israel developed as they went through the wilderness because they would see that uh, God fought for the children of Israel. 
And so fame went around because, hey, whatever you do, don't mess with them. Why? Because their God fights for them. And God just said here that if we would operate according to the understanding of truth, he would be our God and he will cause himself to walk in magnificent ways, magnified ways, glorious ways. He would walk in us. So then I'll ask this question. Since God is your God walking in you, then all of the things that you are confronting, your God wants to handle them for you. That's the the, the, the blessing of covenant. What covenant does is it says that all of the things that I have now belong to you, and all of the things that you have now belong to me. I will cover your uh, shortcomings because whatever I have, that's why I have it, is so that I can cover your shortcomings. Okay. So if you, if you go back and look at the, uh, the way that the, uh, the covenant was cut, they, 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 the people that were covenant partners, they would state the things that now this I'm giving to you. See, I, I, give, you, uh, I give you my armor, okay? and you can take my armor. My soldiers are now your soldiers. This is covenant relationship, See? and they would state all of these things. That's why God did it so that you will understand whose you are. So you are a covenant-connected saint. So you're not just someone that's barely getting along. No, he has given you all of the resources of heaven. You remember Psalms 91? It says that he's given his angels charge over you. He did what? He gave to you angels that would keep you from even dashing your foot against the stone. He gave that to you. Everything that's in heaven, when you came and made Jesus Lord, he transferred everything to you. That's why he said, all power has been given unto me, both in heaven and in earth. And then what did he do? Now you go, therefore, into all the earth. There is no reason for us to draw back because heaven is backing us. Glory to God. See? And that's what happened. As they walked through the desert, they, they, the people were scared of them. They said, no, man, their God, there was a pillar of fire that went in front of them. There was a cloud of smoke that continued to be around them. No, no, we, we don't want to deal with that. You, you do remember that there was an army, Pharaoh. Well, Pharaoh got drowned in the sea, in the Red Sea. I know what the the, um, the thing that we saw in the Ten Commandments, uh, the picture. You know, we saw um, we saw Pharaoh coming back to his house. That's not what the Bible says. The Bible says that when whoever went into that sea, all of them. The, this was God's promise. The Egyptians that you see today, you will see no more forever. Glory to God. Okay, God obliterates the thing. He puts the axe to the root of the tree. He don't just deal with the leaves on the trees. He deals with the root of the thing. I will be their God, and they shall be my people. Wherefore? Because of this. So anytime you see the word therefore and wherefore, back up and see what it's there for. Okay? He's making invitation for you. Sometimes the invitation sounds like a commandment, and I don't have a problem with that. But you should... Receive it as an invitation 
because it is the love of God. It's the goodness of the Lord that leads you to repentance. Okay, do you see that? See, it's not God beating up on you because you did wrong. No, he's full of goodness. So it's the goodness of the Lord that leads you. I love the way that verse is stated. It says the goodness leads you. In other words, you're going to, God's going to give you the light. He's going to give you the way, but you have to make the steps. Amen. You have to take the steps. That's why I said I can do all the sinning I want to. I just don't want to take those steps. Amen. They say, so because of that, because he wants to walk in you, because he wants to dwell in you, my God, I almost can't get past this, y'all. I mean, there are rights and privileges that go to the people that live in the house. They can change the furniture if they want to because they live there. They can go in the refrigerator without permission because they, can, they live there. And God says, when you are understanding that you are the temple of the living God, because he said, I will dwell in them, glory to God. And I will walk in them I will have liberty Glory to God See when you when you put God in a box In just a little corner He does not have liberty to walk He is a gentleman He's not just going to come in and, 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 and take over That's why the goodness Leads you Into repentance It's not mandated It's a free will offering The best decision that you can make but it's still a free will offering. It says, wherefore, because of this, come out from among them and be ye separate. Separate yourself from bad decisions, bad thoughts. That's the company that you keep. Come out from among them. Stop thinking that uh, the way that you saw other people do it that were not following Christ, that that way is right. Well, that's just the way it is here. No, you're the one that makes the difference, beloved. You're the one. He's given you this power that you will declare and decree a thing and it will be established unto you. You have the power to call those things that be not as though they were. So you have the power. You can change whatever surroundings are, are, are in front of you. You can do exactly what uh, the children of Israel did when they marched around Jericho seven times, and then God said, now shout, because he's giving you the victory. And when they shouted, walls came crumbling down. Why? Because they changed the circumstances that were in front of them. The Bible says they walked straight forward. They didn't have to walk around. They walked straight ahead. See, God is going to make your path straight. See, I will walk in them, I will dwell in them. I will be their God, and they shall be my people. So because of that, come out from among them and be ye separate, saith the Lord, and touch not the unclean thing, and I will receive you. And I will be a father unto you. Wait a minute. He said he's going to be a God to you, and he's going to be a father to you. Wow. You know, I, I, my, my father made me understand that he was my father, and he's gone on to be with the Lord, but he still is mm-hmm, my father because those, those impartations that he gave me, I still utilize them day by day. That's the, the, the advent of a father, the right to speak into my life the things that are necessary. 
to speak into my life the things that would cause me to be able to win, to become victorious. And I will be a father unto you, and you shall be my sons and daughters, saying, saith the Lord Almighty. Having, therefore, these promises. What promises? That God said, I, I promised me that I'm the temple of God, gave me that understanding, said that he would dwell in me, that he would walk in me, <clears throat> that he would be a God to me, and that I should be his people. So having, therefore, these promises, dearly beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and the spirit, perfecting holiness in the fear of God. <clears throat> the other morning, uh, God woke me up, and that was the scripture that, was, that, that woke me up. The, the part was to, <clears throat> to perfect holiness <laughs> in the fear of the Lord. And I said, wow, that is true. You said that we can cause holiness to be made perfect, complete in our lives. He just told me, because I have these promises, because they are active, the word of God is alive, quick and powerful. He says, because I have these promises, let us. Do you know the phrase, let us, is an operative phrase? Okay, because I can either let or not let. The, the let is a verb, and it means to stir up, to agitate, to trouble. Okay, so let's look at that. John chapter 5. To agitate, to stir up, to trouble. John chapter 5. It says, and there, after this was the feast of the Jews, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. Now, there was at Jerusalem by the sheep market a pool which is called in the Hebrew tongue, the Seder, having five porches, okay? Um, and these lay a great multitude of impotent folk, of blind, halt, withered, waiting for the moving of the water. For the angel went down at a certain season into the pool and troubled the water. And whosoever then first after the troubling of the water stepped in was made whole of whatsoever disease that he had. And there was a certain man that was had an infirmity for 38 years. And then because <clears throat> the water was troubled, okay, because God was on the move, if you would. That, that's what that's telling us, that God was, was wanting the people to, to participate. Notice they had to do some looking. They had to do some searching, didn't they? Because it says there was a place, and the place was in Jerusalem, at Jerusalem. Okay, so people would go there, and th the ironic part about this, they knew that only the first person was going to be made whole. <clears throat> I don't know if the other people got a deposit of healing. I don't know, but it said the first person was made whole, all right? And so since he wants us to, to participate, what he's done now is he's He's made the pool inside of us because out of our bellies flow rivers of living water so we can stir up the gift that is in us, all right? You, you, you take promises that you see in the word, verses <clears throat> that, that, that you've come to love and, and memorize, okay? You take those and you continue to rehearse, uh, cause them to be rehashed in your heart. You are stirring up the pool, okay? So then your healing now doesn't come from a place. 
It comes from you. Because when you stir it up and you begin to meditate, the Bible says to Joshua, <clears throat> this book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth, but you shall meditate therein day and night. What's going to happen, Joshua? For then thou shalt stir up, make thy way prosperous. For then thou shalt find good success. See? So we get to stir up the word that the Holy Ghost has, has brought to our spirit. Add this to word, add this scripture to that scripture and cause those to be uh, joined together so that as they are stirred up, I get the victory that's in the, the word of God. See? And there was, a, there was an infinite man, verse 7. There was an infinite man that, uh, um, a certain man, verse 5, <clears throat> was there, which had an infirmity 38 years. And when Jesus saw him lie, he knew that he had been now a long time in that case. Mm-mm-mm. In my Bible, the in that case is, is, is italicized. <clears throat> and I know that that uh, indicates that it was not in the original Greek. Okay? But it so stands out that he, Jesus noticed that this condition had been there, but he didn't say it was his life. It was just the case. All right, let's try this. <clears throat> if it was the life, then something else would have been done. But since it was just the case, what the outside wrappings were, if you would. Do you not see <clears throat> that the case is what protects the thing on the inside from being removed? Is that not correct? The case of a thing protects it, right? So this was the way the man expected life to be. Listen to what he said. And he saw him lie there, and he knew that it had been that he had been there a long time in that case. And he saith unto him, Will you be made whole? And the impotent man answered and said, Sir, I have no one, no man, when the water is troubled to put me in the pool. But while I'm coming, another step before me. And Jesus said unto him, Rise, take up thy bed, and walk. And immediately the man was made whole, took up his bed, and walked. And on the same day was the Sabbath. So look at what happens. Jesus is trying to change the man's thinking because he saw that he was in that case. He was captured by the things that have always been. He was captured by, well, I can't do this. And so Jesus broke the case for him. Okay, do you see that, that analogy? So then there are things that Jesus wants to break over your life so that you can be free, so that you can be whole. But it's going to require you to take the exceeding great and precious promises and allow them to be stirred up. That's you, you stir it up this time. It's not going to be because there's a visible uh, a, a, a display of the waters of trouble. <clears throat> you can stir it up. You can agitate it. Amen. You can uh, regurgitate it over and over and over again. See? You remember the, the, the woman that had the issue of blood? She had thought these things so long that she began to say in her heart. Did you catch that? She had watched the, she had watched people get the healing, and, and she knew about the promise of his coming. And so she said in her heart, 
if I can just touch the hem of his garment. All of her rehearsing and reciting, uh, recycling those thoughts and promises, they caused the faith to arise. And when she said, if I can just touch the hem of his garment, I'll be made whole. And then she touched the garment, and Jesus said, virtue has now been connected. Who touched me? Who came here with, 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 with uh, a spirit that has been stirred up in truth? so that freedom can happen for them. Who touched me? Master, master, everybody around there, everybody's touching you. What do you mean? He said, no, no, no. I perceive that virtue has come out of me. This ain't no just I'm here with everybody else kind of a thing. This is I'm here to get what God promised because the promise is working on the inside of me. I'm not just saying she went there to get hers. See, it wasn't about selfish because God resists the proud. She was saying, I'm going to get what has been promised. And the promise to Israel is that he would have us to be whole. See, they already knew God <clears throat> as the Jehovah Jireh. They already knew that he was the one that could heal. And so she stirred that up over and over in her spirit. And the wells that's on the inside of the river of living water caused that to be stirred up. And she said, now, if I would do this, she did it. And the connection was made. Virtue was then deposited. <clears throat> See, we have to, to get to the place where we function in that, knowing that God has already made provision. The word provision means that in advance of your need, provision. Pro means in advance, before. Everything that you would need, he put it there even before you saw it. Okay? It was your provision. That the vision is the derivative of the word vibe. And I, I didn't even know there was such word as a vibe. But you can look it up. It's, it is that which is necessary for the season, for the time. Provision. God is my Jehovah Jireh, my provider. Before I, have, before I know I have need of it, that's what Jesus told us, the Father knew what you had need of before you asked. Because he is a provider. Amen. See? As we go to God, knowing that he is a God that knew what I needed before I asked, my asking is not just uh, semantics. My asking is, is a connection with I know he is the provider. See, I don't go... Uh, I don't go before God hoping he would do it. I know he is the provider, that he saw my need in advance and made it available for me. See? I mean, he's, he's done this consistently throughout Scripture. When people would acknowledge him, okay, well, let's see. Ooh, I, I, I mean, I, when people would acknowledge him, he's then able to do the thing that they acknowledge. He becomes what you say. I am that I am. What did you say I am? I said you am my healer. I am that I am. I said you are my deliverer. I am that I am. See, he's wanting us to approach him with the heart of expectancy, in faith, in full assurance. See, because as we do that, then, then, then we honor him. See? Oh, yeah. That's going to be Proverbs. We're going to get there. We're going to get there. <laughs> so you see the word let is an operative word. You can either let or you can let. 
the man that was at the pool, Jesus saw him and he said, he's been in that way for a long time in that case. And he said, will you be made whole? Will you let truth explode in your heart? Then the man gave him all the excuses, said, I, I, I can't get there. Jesus said, it was a word sent, son. It was not an event that was set up. It's a word that was sent. He sent his word to heal us and to deliver us from all of our fears and destruction. So since the word was sent, our job then would be able to, would, would be to match the word, find the word, allow the word to abide. Isn't that what Jesus said in John 15? If you abide in me and my words abide in you, then you shall ask what you will and it will be given you. I'll be your God. I'll dwell in you. I'll be able then to, because of my position that you put me in, you kept me in your heart. Then because of that, I can flow. I can allow, I can allow that troubled water to flow into every area of your life. You need your finances healed? I am that I am. Stir up those promises. Stir up the, the scriptures that you heard and understood, that you've written down even. Because the Bible says, write down the vision, make it plain, so that they that see it can run with it. And say, though it tarry, it is yet for an appointed time. Okay? The time is when you allow the day star to arise in your heart. See, this is perfecting holiness. See, that's what we have to do. We have to perfect it. Let it work. Let it have its complete work. That which is perfect is, is, speaks to that which has been completed. It's not just a good work, okay? The, the Bible says that he will perfect that which concerns you. He will cause it to be complete. Uh, Colossians 3 says that you are complete in him. You are perfected in him. Amen. See, he's made you past qualified. He's made you overqualified. Mm-hmm. God has made you overqualified for every promise. You know why? Because he said this. You are the temple of the living God. I will dwell in you. I will walk in you. I will be your God. You shall be my people. You are overqualified for every blessing that God has already uh, announced because he's in there. Glory to God. I hope you got that. You are overqualified. You are not in a position to be denied because all of the promises of God are yes, and in him they are amen. You are overqualified. The thing is God has to get us to stop living beneath the blessing, beneath our calling. See? If you confess the sin, he's faithful and just to forgive and to cleanse. You are overqualified. See? We don't have to go, we were not beggars or paupers. See, we're not bastards. He's our God. He said it right here. He says, when you walk, let him walk in you and be your God, then you shall be his people. That's not a bastard spirit, is it? But a lot of times we come at God with the bastard mentality. You know? He's he's wanting to he's wanting you to sit down at a table that he furnished in the presence of your enemy. 
So since God is a God that does more than that's more than enough, do you think He has only one little meat on that table, one piece of bread on that table? Even when Jesus came down here, Lord God, even when Jesus came down here in the natural, and there were people that were hungry in the natural, and he said, okay, uh, disciples, what you going to feed them? And they said, oh, we ain't got nothing to eat. We got like two little fish and maybe five loaves of bread. And then Jesus said, well, make the people sit down. And and, and, and so they, they, they <clears throat> sat down. And then what did Jesus do? This is Matt. Matthew chapter 14. Just don't flip back over there. I, I just, it's just here. Hmm. Oh, glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Woo, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-mm-mm. Chapter 14. Start at verse 14. And Jesus went forth and saw a great multitude and was moved with compassion toward them. And he healed their sick. So let me just stop. I had not seen it just now. I looked at this. It says, Jesus was moved with compassion. Do you think that compassion was only because he saw sick people? Or was that compassion so moving that the people that also didn't have nothing to eat, he was going to feed them? Read on. <laughs> and when it was even the disciples came and saying, this is a desert place and now time has passed, send them all to the way that they may go into the village and buy themselves on vigils. And Jesus said to them, because compassion is already working. And Jesus said to them, uh, you don't need, they don't need to depart. Give ye them to eat. And they said, we have but five loaves and two fishes. And he said, bring them hither. And he commanded the multitude to sit down <clears throat> on the grass. And see, he, he, he's doing so many things we don't see. He made the people to sit down on the grass. Grass represents that which is common and also plentiful. Because you see grass, you don't see uh, uh, trees everywhere. You see grass everywhere. Trees are predominant, so they get your attention. But every place they was walking is going to be, I know people say it was a desert. I'm sorry, the man said grass, didn't he? Amen. <clears throat> he said, make them to sit down in the, um, in, in the grass. And then he took the five loaves and the two fishes, and looking up to heaven, he blessed. He declared good over it. The word blessed means empowered to prosper. That's what it means. And he blessed it and broke it and gave to the loaves to the disciples and the disciples to the multitude. And verse 20, and they did all eat and were filled. So do you think this Jesus that's doing that being the will of God, he says the people, and it says they all took and they ate and they were all filled. Look about it, think about it from, your, from what we know. Whenever someone has free food, you have to leave, you leave being rolled away from the thing, don't you? You don't go free food, you don't get just a little bit. If it's free food, you're going to eat till you can't eat no more. And it says they ate till they were, just help me out, make me understand this. Verse 20, and they did all eat and were filled. So if they all ate, <clears throat> all filled has to be in connection with those all that ate, wouldn't it? So Jesus has prepared a table before you in the presence of your enemies. Continue to eat, to show the glory of God. That you don't have to be talking about, I'm just I'm gonna eat this and die. This is the last meal I'm gonna get. No, it will it's gonna last more than enough. 
because he's the God that is more than enough. It says they all ate, and then after they ate, after being full, and please know the number here, it said it was 5,000 men that did not include the women and children. And in that day, in that generation, people were having families that were five. You weren't even happy till you had five, because happy is the man that has his quiver, which is five, full of them. Amen. So it was a norm for people to have five children. I know we don't do that now, got that, but they were, it was a norm. If you didn't have children, it was pretty bad. You, you remember all of the women that came that were barren. They weren't happy about being barren. Amen. And God met them and caused them to see that you don't have to be barren now. You have connection with me. That's the covenant that you have with him. You enter into a covenant that says, as the stars of heaven and the sands of the sea, so shall thy seed be. You connect it to that kind of overflow, that kind of abundance. See? So Jesus uh, fed 5,000. So surely when he's, he fed 5,000 that might not have been in covenant relationship with him. There might have been a couple of sinners or two in that because the children of Israel uh, followed after Jesus. But they also, uh, the Bible says that the fame of him went abroad. That means these are some other people that's coming, ain't it? Amen. See, they weren't all just the children of Israel. There were no guards keeping people out. See, whoever came, came. He's had that heart from Jump Street. Whosoever will, let him come. God, through Jesus, showed his power that he's more than enough. He is that I am. See? So when we approach scriptures to let them be stirred up in our spirit, don't stir them up in a limited way. Let them open up so that you can see the greatness of your God. Let them open up so that you can introduce your need to your God. Amen. Amen. That's exactly what David did when he was fighting Goliath. He introduced his problem to his God. He said, "The God that I, the, the, the God that I serve, this is the one, the, the one that delivered me from the hand of the bear, from the paw of the bear, from the mouth of the lion. That's the God that's going to give me your head today." See, he, he stirred that up on the inside. The people that was over there, they was all scared, all waiting on the Goliath to, to come out and curse and blaspheme God again. They were hiding, waiting for that to happen again. And then David came out and said, is there not a cause? Is, is not God among us? Do, do we not have covenant relationship? What, what are we doing? And David said, no, 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 no. You have cursed God. He said, you are uncircumcised Philistine. You stand there blaspheming my God. Well, the God that you blaspheming, he about to turn this thing around. And little old David, ready guy, says, ran toward his problem. And didn't have nothing but a slingshot and a rock. Ran toward his problem, knowing that his sufficiency was not in him. His sufficiency was in God. 
And he, and he declared that the God that delivered me from, that's who's going to deliver you into my hand this day. Let that rock go. Next thing you know, it sunk into uh, Goliath's head. And David went and took his sword and, and took his head off with his sword. This is the God that we serve. I'll walk in them and I'll be their God and they shall be my people. They, the man was, 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 was living in, in a position of heart that he didn't think it was going to be enough. I, I got nobody to, to put me in the pool. When I get up just to even try to go, somebody jumps in there before me. And then Jesus said, see, you already have what's necessary. The belief that God that you serve is wanting to do this. And then Jesus said, rise, take up your bed, and walk. And immediately the man was made whole. Y'all, come on now. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait, 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 wait. He had been in that way for 38 years. Notice what Jesus didn't tell him to do. He did not tell him to go to walking school. Because if you had walked for 38 years, you ain't that you're not that strong in your thinking to just take your step and your next step. Your legs are going to want to wobble. But it didn't say anything about a wobble here. It says immediately the man was made whole. Took up his, I mean, wait, come on, y'all. The man was standing, the same way you see in Acts chapter 3, that, that, that the man started leaping and jumping and praising God. It was an immediate, complete healing. The man didn't go through uh, seasons of, of good days and bad days. Jesus said, okay, good, rise up. <clears throat> okay. The instructions are really good here. He told the man to be elevated in your thinking. Be elevated in what you do. Rise from there. Don't stay any longer in a defeated position, thinking that you got to have help from somebody else. I mean, Jesus didn't even talk to the people that was there and say, I need you to get him on the right side, you to get him on the left side. He talked to the man that was making contact, covenant connection. And he said to the man, rise up, take up your bed and walk. And immediately the man was made whole and took up his bed and walked. Immediately. So it doesn't take God a long time to do a thing, does it? He wants you to know that your, your, your redeemer is drawing now. Your redemption draws now. Okay? So that's the word let has to be you agitating it, you stirring it up. Notice in this thing, God gave, Jesus gave the man a choice first. He showed him his choice. Will you be made whole? Do you want to be made whole? He showed him the choice that was God was making available for him. And the man said, yes, I do, but I ain't got your problem. Here's my, I can't do that. And Jesus showed us the process of stirring it up, agitating it. He gives you the, shows you the choice, and then he gives you the power to choose. That man could have still, after Jesus said, rise and get up and walk, the man could have said, I don't know how to do that. It was the man's choice. And the man engaged at the level, it was his choice. And the man engaged at the level of the promise. Did you catch that? Please catch that. That was just powerful right there. The man engaged Jesus at the level of the promise. The promise was rise, get up, walk, take up your bed. 
He met Jesus at the level of the promise, not at the level of his need. Come on, y'all. I hope you saw the difference. <laughs> he, 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 the man met Jesus at the level of the promise. Rise, take up your bed, and walk. The man met Jesus at that level. Instead of being the one that was still operating at the lower level, I don't have no one to help me. He was accustomed to that level. Jesus said, be elevated in your thinking. Rise, take up your bed, and walk. So then we need to meet Jesus at the level of the promise, not the level of our frustration, not the level of our need. I hope you saw that. He gives us the, 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 the power to choose. So then he told us in, in, in Second uh, Corinthians, he said, let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh. See? Let us. We have to engage at that level. Let's stop shrinking the, the, the almighty God into uh, whatever situation or circumstances that we might be facing. Let's stop shrinking it down. Magnify the Lord with me. Let's exalt his name for us. See? Let's let him be big. Introduce your problem to your God. See? Instead of rehearsing your problem in front of your God. Hallelujah. Introduce your problem to your God. Say it this way. My God is the, the God that I serve. He's about to eliminate this problem that's sitting in front of me. That's what David said. It's because of the God. I don't come at you with, with, in my own strength. I come at you in the name of the Lord of hosts. I'm, I'm bragging on my God before I get started. And now, because I'm bragging on my God before I get started, then the God that I'm bragging on is going to show himself strong in my behalf. He's looking over the whole world to show himself strong in the behalf of those that have a perfect heart. Those that want to function in perfection. See? That, that, that are, are, are making sure that, that we're the ones that uh, perfect holiness in the fear of God. See? So we've we, we got to look at our, our position of victory that way. This, this is the, the company that you keep. Turn to um, Proverbs chapter 3. Proverbs chapter 3. And I know we're not going to get through it. It's going to be part three. I'll tell you that now. It's okay, though. I just love the word of God. He, he, he calls us fresh revelations that encourage me and strengthen me. And I just try to give that same thing to you. Proverbs chapter three, starting at verse one. Says, my son, forget not my law, but let thine heart keep my commandments. Let. It's that operative word, okay? You're supposed to stir up. That's what we learned. You're supposed to stir up, agitate. And he said, let your heart keep my commandments. And I know that most of us, I grew up in a, in a Baptist church, and um, they were heavy on the commandments, all of the thou shalt not commandments, okay? And so then when that happens, you, you, look, at it as a, a, you look at it as a challenge. Because that's all, it's a commandment. It's a I got to do. Yes, it is understood that way. But it also is an invitation. Because when you let 
let let something in, that becomes more of a invitation, doesn't it? He really just said, uh, my son, keep my commandments. But he said, let. That puts it at the position of I'm I'm standing on the outside. This is what Jesus does. He stands on the door at the door and he knocks. If any man will open the door, he will come in. Notice there's no knob on the outside of the door. You have to open the door. Let your heart keep the commandments. Protect them. Once you hear a scripture, protect it in your heart. Don't let the devil steal that word. That's what the devil comes to do. He comes to take away that which was sown in their heart. And because it did not have much uh, earth, there's no depth to it, it, it sprung up and then the heat scorched it and it was gone. See? So let the heart keep, protect it. That's what David said, thy word have I hid in my heart. And it keeps me from, from missing my supply. My son, keep my commandment. Let thy heart keep my law, and but let thy, forsake not my law, but let thine heart keep my commandments. Why should I let your heart keep the commandments? Because they will give you length of days and long life and peace shall they add to thee. And I looked at that, and I found out that uh, length of days and long life must mean two different things. Otherwise, I would not have the conjunction and in the middle of the sentence. Length of days and long life. I know all of you had a, a, a day that you wanted to end. It just looked like it was going on, no, no. Everything would possibly be bad that day. But this day ain't going to never end. That, that was a, a, a day that was lengthened in the sorrows. Or you might have had a day that you thought everything was going so good. You didn't want that day to end at all, did you? Because you wanted that day to be lengthened. You're the one that determines the, 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 the outcome of your day. Come on, y'all. You are the one that determines the outcome of your day. You are the one that determines how long a trial lasts. Amen. If you agree quickly with the Lord, then that's over. You're the one that determines that. Length of days is in your, uh, is in your wheelhouse. Amen. If you want to continue to be frustrated, length of days is in your wheelhouse. And you can have these long, never-ending days throughout your whole life. Amen. So they will add them unto you. Then verse 3, again, he goes to that operative word, let not mercy and truth forsake you. Wow. Let not mercy and truth forsake you. So that tells me that if I'm going to operate in unforgiveness, mercy and truth ain't going to hang around to tell me what my next step should be. They're going to continue to go on. The Bible says we're supposed to be led forth with peace. In other words, follow peace. Exactly what it says in, um, in Romans. Uh, Romans chapter 14 tells us it says, let us follow after the things which make for peace. Verse 14, uh, chapter 14, verse 9. It says, we're supposed to follow after the things that make for peace and the things that we may edify one another. Follow after. Um, Hebrews chapter 12, verse 14. It says, follow peace with all men and holiness without which no man shall see the Lord. See, he told me to follow 
See, so when we back here and you arguing and fussing and cussing, let me just help you out. Peace and mercy, they just took a walk. Truth just took a walk. They're not going to stay around here for your mess. They are still within earshot, if you would. I got that. But they can't support your mess because he said, let not mercy and truth forsake thee. Please hold on to that. that. That's what you're going to need because the peace is what the God uses to bruise the devil under your heel shortly. So then here you are trying to fuss and cuss and carry on, and now you have no way to put the devil under your, your feet. You'll find him messing around in your, in your chest and stuff, making you feel some kind of way. <laughs> See? We've got to we've got to get much better at this. Let not mercy and truth forsake thee. Bind them about your neck. That means that you're going to have to be yoked together. That's what that has inference to. Let them be bound about your neck. So then, if mercy and truth is moving, they're going to want to move me. Did you get that? Okay. If they're bound about my neck, when they move, I move. I can't stay. I, I know I, my flesh wants to fuss and cuss, but I can't stay here. Mercy and truth just told me we're going this way. See, I, I'm going to take the wrong here. I'm not going to sit up and try to defend my position. I'm going to take the wrong because if I don't, mercy and truth is going to be over there, and I'm going to be in that fight by myself. Bind them about thy neck. Write them upon the table of your heart. Why? So you shall find good favor and good understanding in the sight of God and man. Wow. So when when I keep my heart's position to looking for truth and looking for okay, looking for mercy. You know, I just noticed this in this in this scripture here. He he put mercy first, didn't he? He put mercy in front of truth. Why is that important? Because sometimes in our lives, we're going to perceive a truth from our position. And when we do that, we forget all about mercy. Let mercy be first. Let mercy reveal truth. Okay? Instead of you starting trying to make your own truth, there is a way that seemeth right, but the end thereof, the way is the destruction. They did this, so I'm going to do that. That's your truth that you live in. No, that's not where you're supposed to live. Mercy is the lead. Mercy says things like, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. That's leading with mercy. Father, this thing that they're doing, don't lay it to their charge, Father. That's mercy leading. See? And now because that's the hard position, now the truth of, and I am with you, my son, to deliver you. See, that, now I get that. See? I, I know that the Lord is, he said, he'll never leave me enough or save me. That's why I, I ain't got to be worried. I got this boldness now. See? Because I let mercy lead. Amen. I mean, just so we can see it, if, if the goodness of God leads you to repentance, then when you have mercy, goodness toward other people, that also has the ability to lead them to repentance, doesn't it? Yeah, full cycle. See, that's why he says mercy has to lead this thing. Please notice this. 
that bitterness, resentment, retaliation, that's not even in that scripture at all, is it? See? But when I let my truth lead, here comes vengeance, doesn't it? Because I'll say, they did this to me, and now nobody's going to treat me like that. Mercy gone. See? We need to find a, a way to make sure that our heart connects with God at the level of the promise. I'm going to say that again. Make sure that our heart connects with God at the level of the promise. You might want to write, that was a good note right there, y'all. It just came back again. Be one with God at the level of the promise. Not at the level of my need, not at the level of my frustration, at the level of the promise. Because the promise is going to be greater than whatever I'm facing. See? There's more power in the, in the promise that was ordained for me before I got into trouble. Please let you, hope, know you understand this, that the promise was made to you and for you before you got into promise, in the problem. God says, I'm a jealous God. I will have no other gods before me. So that means my trouble did not get there first. Amen. The promise was there first. I ignored it. And God says, well, if you return unto me, I'll return unto you. And I will cause you to be lifted up. I will exalt you in the time that you need to be exalted because you're connected with me on that level. Connect with God at the level of the promise. Whew. Wow. It says you will find favor and good understanding in the sight of God and man. See, God gets involved when you acknowledge him. God gets involved when you display what he's put on the inside of you. See, let not mercy and truth forsake thee. Because if you do keep the covenant connection, he says you will find favor and good understanding in two places, in the sight of God and in the sight of man. You know, when um, Enoch was, was here, the Bible says that Enoch was such a believer. He was the one that was enjoying God's presence to the point where God could do things for him that we haven't even seen or thought about. Because it says that um, in chapter 11, that in verse 5, it says, well, this is chapter 11, verse 1. I'm going to go back to get this next week, but this was, I just came up again. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. For by it the elders attain a good report. Through faith, we understand that the worlds are framed by the word of God, so that the things which are seen were not made of things that do appear. By faith, Abel offered uh, unto God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain, which he obtained witness that he was righteous, God testifying of his gifts, and by it he being dead yet speaketh. Wait a minute. It says that uh, Cain did the thing that God was looking for. It was that God was not looking for. He just did whatever he felt like doing. But Abel offered a more excellent sacrifice. And by that sacrifice, he obtained witness. See, if you let the word stay in your heart, keep the word in your heart, stir it up, cause the thing to be agitated for you for good. Because 
when he, he said he did this, what happened? A couple of things were noticed and seen. That there was a testifying of God in the sight of God and man. See? So let's make sure we get God to be able to testify for our actions, to speak good over our actions. See? Because that's what happened with, with, with Abel. He did what was good in front of God, and God testified that his gifts were good. By faith, Enoch was translated so that he did not see death, and he was not found because God had done what? Translated him. Because before his translation, he had this testimony that he pleased God. See, Enoch was, 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 was keeping, stirring up the, the things that God wanted in his life. It was just not a, when he gets in trouble, he thinks about God. He was walking this way. The Bible says that he had this testimony that he pleased God. And you can only do that by faith, for without faith, it is impossible to please him. But he that cometh to God must believe that he is. Hmm. You must believe that he is and that he is the rewarder of them that diligently seek him. You must believe that he is. He's watching. He's hearing. You got to believe that he is. Yes, it also is saying that you got to believe God is God. Got that. But you got to believe that he is also involved in everything that is in touching your life. So you got to believe that God is. God is watching this situation. God is hearing my heart's position. And God wants to reward me because I believe that he is. And that now that he is, he will be settled, set up in my heart so that he can reward my belief that he's involved in my victory. I've got to believe God is. That's how I walk by faith because I believe that God is right here, a very present help. See? It's not just I believe that God's in heaven. I appreciate that. But he believes that God was right here because before he was translated, he had this testimony here that he pleased God and that God was then able to reward him. But as we say, the choice is yours, your way or God's way. Will you continue to walk in pride and vanity? separating yourself from God, or will you allow the goodness of God to lead you to repentance so that you can walk in faith, so that you can walk in righteousness, so that you can perfect holiness in the fear of God? Your way or God's way? God's waiting on you today. Father, we bless you and thank you for your word that you sent, a word that invites us into that which is greater, a word that will strengthen us past any of the challenges that the devil will send. Thank you, Father, that we can stand upright, knowing that you will not withhold any good thing from those that walk uprightly. You will be able to be a God unto us, a God that dwells in us, a God that walks in us and brings us to victory in everything. We give you praise, sir. We give you glory and honor. Committed to you is done in the matchless name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth was Lord and Savior, and the redeemed of the Lord said together, amen, amen, amen. Well, beloved, as we do, uh, we'll just go ahead and see if you have any comments or any questions about the ministry tonight. Um, and we see if we can get to that and answer some of them. Area code 404-490-1111.
7875. You have the mic. Any questions or comments about the ministry tonight? Here we go, 404. Go ahead. Go ahead. 490-7875. You have the mic. I heard you a minute ago. All right, we'll come back to you. Area code 404-536-7829. You have the mic. Any com- comments or questions about the ministry tonight? Yes, it was a blessing, and it was good to know that God is on our side at all times. So I appreciate the ministry. Amen. Glad to have you on the call. Glad to have you on the call. And he is, y'all. He, he's, he, he's so much on your side that he made a promise that he would live in you. He's going to dwell there. I mean, that's just, woo, thank you, thank you, thank you. Hallelujah. So who, if God is for you, who can be against you? Area code 770-964-7501. You have the mic. Any comments or questions about the ministry tonight? Thank you, Lord. Uh, Area code 770 Okay. Again, glad to have you on the call. It's some powerful. It, it does. And I'm only seeing um, the ones that are on the call on this side of the uh, on the, the dial-in side, because on the on the online side, I'm not. It, they I don't have to be. Able, I'm not able to recover any of the questions or comments that they would have. Again, thank you for being on the call. Area code three one two three three zero four zero two four. You have the mic. Any comments or questions about the ministry? Tonight. I just wanted to say. Amen. What? I was so glad that I was able to get in on the call. And he was 11 1. Every time I read that, I get blessed. Yeah. Because it says, now faith. Yeah. People yeah. always want to yeah. put a comma after now <laughs> to separate. Yeah. yeah. Now faith. I don't see it that way. I see it as an adjective. Yes. Yes. It's yes. now faith because yeah. God Correct. is ever present. But he is the great I am. Yes. And it's always in the present tense with him. Always. Everything we do. Always. Yes. So it's yes. now faith. It's a description. Yes. It's, it's not tomorrow faith. Yeah. It's always no, now yes. faith. Amen. Okay, I just want to thank you for listening to God and being obedient to God. And I just ask that God will richly bless you and your family and your ministry. Amen. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Amen. Thank you. All right. Yes, we'll have a blessed day and a good time. This is, again, this is why we are on the air. To, uh, see, we, what I'm doing here is I'm stirring up, troubling the, the, the faith that's already on the inside of you. I'm not telling you anything that you don't know. Some of these things we might have, 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 have put off in distance 
understanding, but now faith brings them back. Hallelujah. So that you can utilize them. The word was sent to deliver you and to heal you. And I say all of the time that deliverance is twofold. You cannot be delivered in the same place because deliverance meets you where you are and takes you to another place. I don't mean it, it takes you to change your address. That's not what I'm saying. It takes you to a place of victory in Christ that you know that whatever the challenge was, God sent a now word to deliver you. So that now you have the right to go to the place of victory by that word. All right? That, that's, what, that's, what, that's my job. The only thing that I can do is give you the things that God has already placed uh, in his word that causes us to be able to stand up and see the salvation. Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord our God who is with us. Amen. So until the next time that we get together, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you shalom. Love you. Look for you next Monday. Be blessed. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Over and prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.